Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Pursuing Greatness podcast, a place where experts share their wisdom on living well by mastering your health, your wealth, your relationships, and your spirit. Before we get started, I want to remind everyone that the best way to support the show is simply to share this episode with your friends and family. Also, if you want to learn more about Mastering Life, go to our website at pursuinggreatnesspodcast.com. With that said, I hope you enjoy the episode. We have a very special guest with us today, so grab your pen and paper and enjoy the journey. All right, we are live with another episode of the Pursuing Greatness show. Today we have with us Tracy Farron. Tracy is a best-selling author, speaker, and positive social media influencer. Her biggest platform is TikTok with uh, about half a million followers, which is more than I can even count to. So Tracy, I am really excited to have you on the show today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. Absolutely. Um, as I mentioned before the show, we always start with stories. We like to hear how people got from where they started to where they are today. So kind of take us down your story. How'd you get started down the path that you're on right now? Oh, man. My story is so huge, but I am going to try and, and cut it down a little bit. So when I was um, 18, I was diagnosed with osteosarcoma, which is just a bone cancer. And, you know, cancer alone is pretty complicated, right? But it wasn't just that I had cancer. I was also in my second trimester, um, you know, I was pregnant. And so that really complicated things. I was married and I also had a 10-month-old. Um, so it was a young and a lot was going on, right? Um, and so, of course, MD Anderson being in my backyard, where else am I going to go but there, right? And so... Um, but initially, like when I when I went there and, and they, MD Anderson got my case, they initially said, you know, we really advise that you terminate because this was back in 01. Now, today, it is a lot more common. You see a lot more women who are pregnant and going through treatment. But back in 01, almost 20 years ago, it was not as common. I just have to pause. You are blurred. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> saying that. My, my camera is having issues. There we there go. There we go. I was like, do I keep going or do I let them know? You are blurred. <laughs> It's all right. Keep keep going. We got to yeah, Now I can see you. Okay. So, um, you know, back in 01, a long time, and you know, the medical field, I mean, it's constantly making discoveries and, you know, doing things better. And so that was their, you know, they advised me to terminate. And I am not here to discuss women rights, but I am a huge believer of following my heart. And I just felt on my heart that that was not necessary for my case. Um, and so as a smart, wise 18 year old that I was, <laughs> I went to my doctor and I said, you know, cause 18 year olds know a whole lot at that age. I Wait. said, let me tell you what we're going to do about this situation. Mr. 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 PhD. You, <laughs> you know what I mean? Let me tell you. I said, we're not going to terminate. I'm going to carry this baby to full term. I'm going to deliver her. And then you and I can deal with the cancer thing, right? So wise at 18. And he's like, you know what? That is really not an option. That is the difference in life and death. And I'm like, okay, that kind of changes things now, you know? <laughs> uh, but I think most women can relate. As a mom, it, that instinct to just protect that baby, it comes first and foremost. But again, I also had a 10-month-old. And so I had to keep so many lives in, in mind when I was thinking about what to do. But um, so what they advised, you know, back and forth, and I knew, okay, this girl is not going to do what we have advised. What's the next option? 
The next option was let's wait till your third trimester. Remember, I'm in my second. So from the second to third, it was not a lot. And they said, if you wait till your third trimester to start chemo, the baby will probably survive. But we cannot give you any guarantees as to what complications the chemo could do to her because there's no research. There is just no research of a woman in her first or second trimester who does chemo, who delivers a healthy baby. And maybe me, I'm like, let's do it. That, that was just the best case scenario. I'm like, I, but in my heart, again, I would not have moved forward with that if I did not feel like, okay, I, I think we can do this. Um, and so I was uh, scheduled to be admitted into MD Anderson on 9-11-01. Oh, so there our country is under attack and going, preparing to go to war. And there I was under attack and preparing to go to war, like the biggest battle of my life. Due to those horrific events, MD Anderson was like, whoa, like nobody knew that day what was going on. You can't come in, like let us just figure out what is going on. And because of, yeah, because of my case and everything, they couldn't delay it. And so the 12th, they just pushed it back one day. I was admitted. After my first round of chemo, my husband left me. And I can sit here and have this conversation almost 20 years later and, and with a smile on my face because I have done some work. You know what I mean? I have forgiven. I have moved forward. I have done some work. Um, and I had a life, two lives really to save. And so I moved forward with the chemo. Um, after just doing a couple rounds with my daughter being pregnant, I delivered a healthy three pound, 10 ounce baby girl with a head full of hair who came out screaming at the top of her lungs that we were like, oh my gosh, she's going to be an opera singer, like screaming. And so we all kind of look around and we're like, okay, her lungs are good, right? Because that was part of the concern with the lungs and everything. And she's got a head full of hair. I was there in bed, bald as Mr. Clean. And with no research and not knowing, like, I thought I was going to give birth to a bald alien. I did not know <laughs> what to expect when I gave birth I to her. But she had it, like all the peach fuzz, all the hair. And I'm like, it was just such a miracle. And it's like, if I'm doing chemo and she's getting what I'm getting, shouldn't she be bald? You know what I mean? And so there are miracles out there and stuff. So she was born and they gave me one week off. So like, girl, you can have one week and we got to hit you again. They hit me with another round of chemo. Um, and because she was so tiny, she did stay in the NICU for a few weeks because she was healthy. She right. was just too tiny. They cannot send a baby home that small. So right. while she stayed in the NICU, I went back to treatment, one round of chemo, and then they wanted to do the surgery to remove the tumor. And that was over 13 hours. Um, and they call that limb salvage surgery. With my type of cancer, a lot of people actually lose their limbs. I was fortunate enough to where I got to actually keep my limb. And so... Um, that's what they were doing, trying to save my leg, you know, did the recovery from that, which was really hard, went on with chemo, you know, one thing I did not know. And one thing I know a lot of people do not know, especially because I've watched friends, so many friends go through cancer. And um, is you first start chemo, and you're feeling great, you just might feel like that first or second round, like you have a cold, you're just a slightly under the weather, right? And I remember everybody looking at me like I was an injured puppy. They're like, you guys, it's just cancer, right? Because remember, I'm 18, wise and young and know nothing about cancer. I'm like, it's just cancer. Like, I know I go bald. I do medicine. Why are y'all looking at me like I'm an injured puppy? Well, 
one thing people don't realize is with each round of chemo, you become weaker and weaker and you have more complications and then complications start to stack. So I was at a point where I was there, complication after complication, stacking things, uh, numbers not where they should be so they could hit me again, which meant they couldn't hit me. You know, so it prolonged treatment because they had to wait longer between sessions. Um, the scariest moment during all of that I woke up one morning and my motor skills were completely gone. Yes. I couldn't talk. I couldn't eat. Like I, I was trying to write because I knew it was my motor skills, but it looked like a three-year-old tried writing out something, but it, <laughs> my mom could read it. Rushes me back to MD Anderson. Neurologist comes in. We want to make sure it's nothing with the mind, you know? And, and I was just scared because I'm like, oh my gosh, is this the new Tracy? Yeah. Like, are my parents going to have to raise me the rest of my life and my children? And it was really scary. Thankfully, we just found out they were hitting me a little too quickly, not really allowing my body enough time to recover between sessions. And within 24 hours of them, get, of them giving me medicine, I was back to my normal self at that time. And that was a scariest moment. I, you know, due to the surgery, I, because I'm super transparent, I am an open book and I, I keep it real. People are always like, how did you deal with so much going on? I'm like, you want to know the real answer or you want like a fluffy answer? Cause I can, I'm sure I can pull up a fluffy answer because I was 18. I was like, well, after that surgery, um, because that wasn't a lot of physical pain. And remember this is back in 01. Back in 01, I got bottled pain pills a hundred oh. at a time and could refill them when I ran out and they were generous on refilling. You would not hear about <laughs> that. Today. Like, no way. Surgery, you get like 15 and you're calling like, I'm still in pain. <laughs> um, so back in 01. And so I quickly realized that not only did pain pills take away the physical pain, but it helped me cope and it took away the, the mental and the emotional pain. So I became addicted to my pain pills. I uh, went to my doctor and said, hey, like, I know in my heart that's not okay. Um, what what can we do? And him, I love that. He's a sweet old man. I love him to this day. He's like, the, girl. The, uh, the consciousness to to realize that you're going down a path that, that could have gotten worse if you just kept going there. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to my doctor. I'm like, I'm addicted to my pain pills. It's not okay. What can we do? He's like, girl, I'm just trying to, or to save your life. We can deal with that after treatment. And me being me, I'm like, I get that big picture, big picture, but this is not okay. What can we do right now to make it better? And he's like, okay. So he just put me on something that was a little less addicting, less strong. And I got on that and then just weaned myself off. So I'm dealing just with, at a young age, so many different things. I finally get to the point where I'm like, I can't. Like, my body was slowly dying. Like I knew without a doubt, people are like, Oh, but you have cancer. We're going to do chemo. We're going to fix you. Chemo is poison. Yeah. It's just maybe not a hundred percent sure the lesser of the two evils are both bad. Yeah. Um, and so after all these complications and stuff, I had about two to three rounds of chemo left in my treatment plan. And I went to my doctor and I said, I'm done. Like, the chemo is killing me. I can feel it in my soul. I can feel it in my body. And I just know if I do one more round of chemo, I'm going to do either so much damage, there's no coming back, or it is literally going to kill me. I can't do it anymore. And that was a tough decision, again, at such a young age, because it's like, 
okay, does that mean that, like, I mean, what if the cancer is not completely gone and it comes back and, and then I die because osteosarcoma coming back normally comes back to the lungs and that's not good, like at all. You never want that cancer to come back again. And so um, that was a tough decision. He's all like, oh, you know, you're not completely crazy for stopping because I treated you a little longer than I do most. And I'm over here fretting <laughs> over this decision. Come on, man. And he's like, and he's like, yeah, like, you know, looking at the chart and everything is like, yeah, you're, you're probably right. If you feel this, I think I can hop on board with this decision. And so I, I ended and obviously, right, that was the right choice for me. Uh, just to be clear, I'm not an advocate for going against your doctor's orders and treatment plan, but I am a huge advocate for we know our bodies better than anybody. We may not have the terminology, we may not have the degree, but I believe that our bodies speak to us and we need to learn to listen to our bodies. And I've got multiple other stories to back up what I'm saying where I didn't listen to doctors only not because I'm prideful or I think I know more, but because I listened to my heart and I listened to my body and something said, Tracy, that's not right. Tracy, get a second opinion. Tracy, do research. And every time I did that, I was right. So I am an advocate for listen to your heart. And I know that's hard for people to trust themselves. But the thing that I did is that was a huge trust builder for me. And the more I started listening to my heart and doing things and, and then showing that, okay, that was, I should have listened because it turned out right the more confidence I built in myself in listening to my heart. And so I get people like, well, how? I'm like, you just have to build it one brick at a time, one decision at a time. So that is the story. That was the very beginning of what I feel like is, is a story and a struggle as to where, why I am where I am today. Wow. Yeah, that, I mean, that is a story. So you went, I mean, cancer, preg while you were pregnant, you you were faced with the decision of having to terminate your pregnancy, which I mean, any, obviously I'm a guy, so I, I can't associate with being pregnant, but I can imagine having that type of decision on your shoulders at such a young age had to have been uh, just really difficult. And you went through the entire cancer treatment, um, almost lo losing your life there. And yet you're still here today, shining, shining at us uh, <laughs> through the video. So wow, that is a, that's a crazy story to have uh, come out the other side of, but um, I'm yeah. a huge believer that, you know, the hardest things that we go through and the harder the things are, um, the more strength you get from that experience. So I'm sure absolutely as yep, I'm sure as shitty as it was to go through in the time, you know, looking back yep. on it now, you, you look at it and you're like, wow, I, I made that. And, uh, it's given me more, um, for having gone through it. Absolutely. I totally agree. So, uh, you know, I, I was kind of just listening and kind of formulating some questions while you're talking. And one question that really jumped out, um, you mentioned like you were pregnant, you already had a 10 month old, you, uh, your husband, boyfriend, your, whatever that husband. was husband yet left you. Um, so you had to make this decision. How did you go about balancing? how did you go about making that decision? how did you balance those? Uh, you know, you had all these people depending on you, um, and you had, you still had to make the decision. How, what uh, went through your mind? How did you actually get that done? What decision are you talking about? Cause I had to make quite a few, but what one are you talking about? So when the, the, you, you had mentioned that, um, right when you, they, when you started chemo, um, you, the doctor basically said, uh, you have to 
either terminate the pregnancy or keep the, or keep the baby. Um, Mm -hmm. and you, I mean, at this point you already had a child, a 10 month old. And so you had to balance, like, do I make, do I keep, uh, you know, do the best thing for my family, for me, for my husband, for my art, you know, the 10 month old or for my Mm -hmm. child. And that is such a difficult decision to go through. So how, what kind of a strength did you pull after having to go through that and, uh, and make that decision? So my dad calls it stubborn. (laughs) I don't know what to call it, but I'm like, whatever you want to call it, it helped me get through all of these hard things. And so what, you know, honestly, making that decision to keep her, that wasn't the hard part. That without a doubt was like, however that has to look, we're going to do it. Right. And that wasn't hard. What was hard was how do we make the right decision so that I'm still around to be my 10 month old mom, but I can deliver this baby and give her a fighting chance as well. So that's where it came and trying to find what was going to work for me and and my situation. Um, But again, I just felt in my heart that termination just it wasn't needed now there are absolutely times when a mom gets pregnant and depending on her health or whatever it for sure will kill the mom and people have to make those tough decisions like there are I just felt like it wasn't needed it wasn't needed for my case and everything would be fine um and that's how I made the decision and honestly that's how I've made so many decisions like that in my life with trusting that into, you know, people call it the spirit. If you're religious, your intuition, the, your gut feeling, your heart, it all has, we label it differently. In my opinion, it's all the same, right? It is all the same. We just kind of give it different labels. And so, uh, and so it was just that feeling I couldn't kick it. Right. And I had to just go with what I felt was best for me in that situation. Awesome. So trust yourself. I like that. Yeah. Uh, one other thing that kind of stood out about your story is how many times you had to pick yourself back up, um, you know, all, all in succession. So uh, if you could like give advice for people listening and watching, um, you know, we all go through really difficult times and we have to pick ourselves up. What have you found in your own life um, to help you, you know, get back on the horse and, and keep moving forward? So at that point in my life, what I held on to, and it's going to sound so simple, stupid, and cliche, but here it is, was knowing that there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Even though I couldn't see it, I could, like when I tell you it was a dark tunnel, it was a dark tunnel that felt forever going. Like, where's the light? I don't even see one ray. I don't even see a hint of light, but I knew if I just kept taking action and moving forward eventually, eventually, I would see the light. And eventually, I did start to see the light. So back then, that is what got me through it. Now, as I've grown and matured and done reflection, that is where in my book, I talk about this upstruggle formula that I actually use, I use myself. Um, And so it's really just about the understanding of understanding that, that struggles are not the enemy. They're just growth opportunities in disguise, right? We have to adopt the perspective and belief that struggles are not bad. Every human's going to have them. We're not robots. It's part of life. They're universal. Um, and so if we're going to always have them, why not learn to dance with them a little bit better? Right. And so now I don't have so much the, 
um, I don't have like, okay, the light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, like, I don't need that anymore because now I actually have tangible tips and tools that I use myself to help me get through um, struggle today. Awesome. And I'm going to use that as a segue. Um, so you, I mean, you've gone through that and since then you've built your, your business, you're a positive influencer. So kind of t- take us into the book. What, uh, what is the formula that you, um, that, that works for you and that you, you know, suggest other people use as well? Okay. So I could probably talk about it for 20 minutes, but I know your podcast is 20 minutes. So I'm going to kind of cut it short. And so I, with your reflection of my own struggles and some research, I discovered there were actually three universal struggles that everybody will go through. And those are really quickly self, just meaning self-inflicted pain by one's own actions. When I was younger, that is where most of my struggles came from. Some of our choices, right? We tend to cause struggles in our life because of our choices. Or we're on that hamster wheel. I've been there. Why am I going through this again and again and again? Again, because sis, you have not learned what you need to learn to take that struggle off of repeat, right? Um, and then the second one is others is just pain inflicted on us through the actions of others. It's a real thing, right? My husband leaving me when I had cancer, that was painful. That was his choice. That pain was afflicted on me, right? It was painful. Um, so I, there are totally things where we have these struggles that other people inflict on us. But what I am finding is a lot of people, especially when they have the victim mindset, want to put their struggles in that category. And I'm like, hey, let's dig deeper. Let's talk about this. If you believe that most of your struggles fall in that category, why are you choosing to surround yourself with people who cause you pain? So when we think about it, really that falls into the self category because you're choosing to hang out with them. Um, and the third one I call life just being pain inflicted on us at no one's fault, like my cancer. Like being in, in uh, Houston, Texas, like Hurricane Harvey. Like there are just some things that are just <laughs> life. COVID, right? Just life. And we don't have control over that. We didn't cause it. Nobody else caused it. But what we do have control over is how we respond. To that struggle apps and we have that over all of them but we just on this one don't have control over it happening and so I believe that it's vital to know which struggle you are dealing with because the approach on how we're going to deal with it is a little different self means hey girl put yourself in check and make better choices others means know your damn worth and stop hanging out with people who cause you pain right and in life hey Nobody caused it. We just got to roll the punches. So those are the three. But then in my book, I talk about the seven reminders, which I use to this day. And they're just reminders to help. Now, that might take a little longer. I don't know if you want to dive into it. But there's seven reminders just that, that when you're struggling, the things you can do, little, little, not big, little action steps you can take to help you feel better, to help you get out of the funk. Um, but I talk about in my book, look, if you can't even adopt a mindset, that struggles are growth opportunities. Struggles are there to teach you. I think struggles are one of the best teachers, life teachers ever. So you can either be used by your struggles and become a victim, or you can use your struggles to serve you. So we have to adopt that mindset or the whole formula doesn't matter, right? So adopt the mindset and then you can use the formula. And I I use that. Like I had a massive struggle in January. It was another cancer scare another trust my gut what she diagnosed you with is wrong and she was it was a borderline ovarian tumor and I had surgery but again I trusted my gut and that you know and it, it, it was right um 
And I had to, I was in it for an entire week marinating in fear because as a 30 something year old woman, I know the reality now of cancer. Whereas at 18, that wise young 18 year old, right? Knew everything. She had no idea what she was getting into. I now know. And so for about a week, I was marinating in fear. And I finally said, enough, enough is enough. I can't control this. I didn't cause this. This is a life struggle, right? Identifying which struggle, struggle. And then starting to do things to help me feel better. And it works. And so that happened as I was writing my book. So I opened my book with my cancer story. And I closed it out with the uh, cancer scare. And now it was a tumor because the cells were abnormal, but not so abnormal that they consider it cancer, right? But it still had to be removed. Um, and so it was just really neat how that played out. And uh, I really had to put this formula to the test. And it really solidified that this works. It works if you do the work, right? Yep, absolutely. I love it. And I'm going to, um, I'm going to leave the seven reminders for a cliffhanger for everybody listening and watching. If you want to, uh, to check out those reminders or um, figure out what those reminders are, check out her book, Up Struggle, Embrace the Struggle. I can't see the rest of the, the title there, but it is called Up Struggle and it's by Tracy. Embrace the Struggle, Become Stronger, Live Happier. My formula says struggle can actually equal happiness, but you have to work your struggle to get to happiness. I love it. Um, so that is, we have already pushed through the 20 minute mark, so I'm going to cut us off, but I, I loved everything that you shared with us today. So thank you for, uh, for coming on here and sharing that. Absolutely. Um, so we're into the quick question round again, this is quick questions. I'm going to ask you, you give uh, quick responses in or okay. quick responses in response and it starts with books. I'm a big bookie. So I like to ask people their fa two favorite books, one for topic that you're talking about. It could be. Um, it could be social media, it could be surviving cancer, whatever, whatever you like to talk about, uh, your favorite book there, and then one for just general life wisdom. Oh, man. Okay, so my favorite author, I know you didn't ask, is John Gordon. Oh, my gosh, love the way he writes. But I think there's two books that I feel like, and now I love books as well. I'm obsessed with them. And I always have a couple books on my nightstand. But two is The Slight Edge, and don't ask me who wrote it, I can't remember, and The Happiness Advantage. Those two were some of the very first books that I read that really opened my eyes to like choice and happiness. And it's, a, you know what I mean? Like we choose it. And I was like, what? And so those are a really good place to start, I think. Perfect. I like both of them. The Slight Edge. I read that. A lot. It's by Jeff Olson, by the way. Um, okay. and I read it a while ago. And I just, everything that he puts in that book is, uh, it's pure gold. So definitely. Yeah. Um, moving on to the next question. This one is about habits. Habits are the foundation of our life. So if you can look at your life and point to one habit that you feel has kind of contributed the most to your overall well-being and your overall success, wow. what would that be? Probably not giving up, right? You can only become successful if you don't give up. I love Push it. through. Do not give up. Persistence always wins. Yeah. Next question, going to your younger self. So if you could go back to the Tracy who was, you know, headstrong, 18-year-old Tracy, um, go go sit down with her, look her in the eyes and give her one piece of advice moving forward. Oh. <laughs> I thought I wasn't going to cry as we were having a good time. You know, I think that uh, that was a hard time. <laughs> I'm emotional now, but life is good now. Yeah. But it does not negate the pain 
that I had to go through to get where I am today. Absolutely. No one's asked me that question before. I think it would be keep moving forward. It's all going to work out. It's all going to work out. It'll be good. Perfect. I love it. And that kind of uh, echoes the the persistence and don't give up one, um, which is very true. I feel, I mean, I've seen it in my own life. If you just keep moving forward, something, the light is going to, is going to shine through at some point. Um, even, in, even if it's extremely dark in the moment, um, the light will come back through. Um, next question is an easy one. Uh, well, easier one. What We're not going to cry, are we? <laughs> no, 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 no. This is, this one's good. Uh, what does luck mean to you? Absolutely nothing. I don't like the word. Um, So I'm going to read them right here. I have a couple of quotes on luck. Luck is something the unlucky, let me put unlucky, say about those who work hard. And another quote that I have is how the unlucky get lucky is stop giving credit to luck and do the work required. I don't like that word. That is actually... I, I, that is, I think that might actually be in my book about, I think I talk a little bit about luck, you know, saying they have, you're so lucky for your marriage, or you're so lucky you have a successful business, or you're so lucky, you negate all their work, and you're just throwing it up to chance, you're just throwing it up to, you were just lucky, which really is telling other people that, look, you either get lucky or you don't mind. It has nothing to do with your work, it has nothing to do which I think work is really important. You know what I mean? And it's like that to me, that is a slap in the face to somebody who has a successful marriage, a successful business and say, you just got lucky. (gasps) They worked for 40 years until, you know what I mean? I'm like, no, it's not luck. You know? So I actually, my, that's, I don't like that word. I, I like that response. That's the first time somebody said that, but uh, I, I like that response. It's very, uh, it, it mirrors what I think as well. So um, next question is about the people in our lives, our mentors. Uh, you know, we are not successful by ourselves. We're not vacuums. We touch many, many people as we go, go along in our life and achieve more success and more fulfillment. So um, if you can kind of point to one person, you don't have to give their name, but just what was uh, the, the most important mentor to you? What did they do to kind of push your life along? It would probably have to be, and I'm not, I'm not like, this is not an advertisement, not being paid or anything. It would have to be this lady. I'm not, I'm, my husband's good, but he's not my mentor. He's my husband. Um, <laughs> her name is Brigida Linford, and she is a Beachbody coach. Now, I used to, I don't anymore, but I was a Beachbody coach um, as well, and I, I, I signed up with her as my coach. And that is where she introduced personal development to me because I struggled. This was five, six years ago. Like I had a, a, a stinky mind. It was nasty, ugly, and not where I am today. And because she introduced personal development, development to me, which that company really pushes because people are not successful when they have an ugly, stinky mindset. It it just, it doesn't work. You have to have a strong mindset and stuff. Um, And so she, she, introduced that to me. She taught me so much, took me under her wing, you know, and all the stuff and the tools that I use now to to speak and podcast and stay organized and personal development and sharing, it was all because she took that risk and became a coach and signed up with that company. And because of that, she took me under her wing. I did it for a while. And even when I left and said, hey, I just don't feel like this is my path. 
I took all the things she taught me and I still do them to this day. You know, and I know we can have mentors through books and podcasts, people we've never met. Um, but she's really what launched me in that. Yep. The, the, the mentors that are in person, you know, you know, I've been, I mean, me, myself, I've been, um, you know, positively affected by many people that I've just read their words or listened to them on a podcast, but the ones that are actually in our life, they have, they definitely have a a huge impact, um, um, your, you know, your future development. So that kind of wraps up the quick question round. We are on to the last question. And this is about the listeners because you've given us awesome advice. And uh, I'm sure people out there want to get in contact with you. Um, so what's the best way for them to reach out? And, uh, and what, can you, what is it that they can kind of expect, um, expect from you? Yeah, so they can reach out to me through both my, well, one of my emails, uh, hello at tracyfarron.com. Super simple. I keep it easy. Uh, my TikTok is Tracy D. Farron. My Instagram is Tracy Farron. Like, I keep it simple. If they just <laughs> Google Tracy Farron, like, stuff is going to pop up and they can easily track me. Um, and honestly, what they're going to get from me, it just depends on what the email is about, right? What the content is. What I don't know what, you know. And um, some people want me to come speak at events. Some people just want to pour their heart out to me and ask for tips and tools. or You know what I mean? So it just depends on the content. Perfect. All right. And that is a uh, Tracy Farron, T-R-A-C-E-Y-F-E-R-R-I-N. I will also put that link in the show notes. So if you see the little more in the description, just click that guy. It'll pop down the full description and in there, you can find Tracy's URL. So click through, say hi to Tracy. Um, if you want to learn more about her story, check out her book on Amazon. That is Upstruggle by Tracy Farron. Um, again, Tracy, thanks for having, for, for coming on the show. It was a, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for having me. Awesome. And for everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason that we do this. So we appreciate having you here. Again, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic week. Keep pursuing greatness. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you guys for sticking with us on another episode of the Pursuing Greatness podcast. I hope you got a lot of value out of that guest. Um, Again, the best way to support the show is just to subscribe, like, and share with your friends and family. Also, check out PursuingGreatnessPodcast.com if you want to get more information about what we do and what we offer. Um, I hope you guys have a great day and, and keep living in integrity with yourself. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode coming shortly.